Hey, I'm Clay Osterley. Today is Wednesday, September 14th. Hope your uh, day is off to a good start. From Studio B, in just a few minutes, I'm going to have a look here at your local top stories coming to you from around uh, our gray television stations. But for now, I want to send it to Studio A with Alicia Myers and a look at your top national headlines going on across the, uh, the country today. Alicia? All right. Thank you so much, Clay. Let's take a look at what is trending all across our nation today. Uh, first of all, the Queen. She is now lying in state. She will be there for four days ahead of her funeral on Monday. We'll have an update on that. Plus, uh, driven by consumers, U.S. inflation grows more persistent. We'll have an update on what it looks like compared to last year. President Biden, we just saw him a little bit ago driving one of the electric cars at the Detroit Auto Show. Um, about 30 minutes or so, he's going to be touting electric vehicles there, talking about some uh, benefits of owning an electric vehicle and making an electric vehicle in the U.S. And fans of Jim Beam are going to be excited for this one. Jim Beam is expanding. They're going to be ramping up production coming soon. All those details coming up right now in your local headlines. Let's start now with the Queen. Queen Elizabeth II is lying in state today. She left Buckingham Palace for the last time. The late monarch's coffin was taken by horse-drawn carriage on a 38-minute procession. Once arriving at Westminster Hall, eight pallbearers carried the coffin inside. She'll lie there in state for four days until her funeral on Monday. King Charles III, Prince William and Prince Harry, as well as other family members were all in attendance. Moving to inflation now, U.S. annual inflation eased last month, but according to experts, it's showing signs of entering a phase that will likely require drastic action by the Federal Reserve. The U.S. currently has a strong job market, and that's forcing companies to raise prices to cover higher labor costs. While some of the longtime drivers of higher inflation, like spiking gas prices, supply chain issues, and soaring used car prices, are fading. Inflation has risen more than 8% since this time last year. As I mentioned, President Biden is in Detroit today. He's visiting the Detroit Auto Show to promote electronic vehicles. He's expected to announce approval of the first $900 million in infrastructure money to build EV chargers across 53,000 miles and 35 states. Under the Inflation Reduction Act, electric vehicles must be built in North America to be eligible for a federal tax credit up to $7,500. Batteries must be made in North America, while battery minerals have to be produced or recycled in the U.S. The credits are aimed at creating a U.S. electric vehicle supply chain and ending dependence on other countries like China. And good news for those of you who are Jim Beam fans. Listen up. Here you go. Jim Beam is expanding. Good news today. The company announced they will plan to ramp up production at their distillery in Kentucky. The more than $400 million expansion aims to meet growing global demand for the world's top-selling bourbon. The project will increase capacity by 50%. The expansion will help the company meet future demand. The expansion is expected to be complete in 2024. 
All right, that's a look at your headlines trending all across the nation. What's trending across our local affiliate stations? Well, for that, we're going to send you to Studio B with Clay Osterley for more. Clay? Thanks, Alicia, uh, for that look at those uh, national headlines going on across the country here for today. I want to talk about a couple of things that we are following uh, carefully here from Gray Television. That's all of our affiliates across the country. First up, want to talk about uh, just a quick rundown of some of the things that we're going to talk about here. Uh, a Las Vegas police officer is sh uh, shoots and kills a suspect after she is shot herself and collapses from that shooting. She is being uh, named a hero today. The FBI is uh, still in a corruption probe out in Hawaii, and they have arrested another attorney uh, as a result of this corruption probe, KHNL. We'll have an update on that. KYTV, or KY3 out of Springfield, Missouri, they are covering a story about a business owner that is fed up with repeated thefts. Find out what his answer is. And lastly, a story here that Wave 3 out of Louisville, Kentucky has been covering for years. And it says here, quote, please do not refer to me as the bogus beggar, end quote. Well, Gary Thompson, who is the bogus beggar, is out of jail and not much has changed. Wave 3 has followed up with that story and has confronted the man again and we will have an update from them. So first and foremost, of course, uh, we'll get to our first uh, local story that we're following. And this, uh, again, is out of the Las Vegas, Nevada area. Let's uh, get the right thing on the screen for us here. Here we go. Uh, and you'll see here that, um, well, let's see if it's going to come off the screen or not. There we go. Of course, uh, we do have the, the update to the Las Vegas police officer here who was shot herself. She uh, collapsed from being shot in the pelvis. She then uh, wakes up and shoots and kills the suspect that shot her. So I want to get you out to Las Vegas with the very latest on this story here from KVVU. Tonight, a closer look at the moments police say that a gunman shot a 24-year-old Metro officer. Investigators say it all started when Officer Tierney Tamburo pulled over a car. Then the armed passenger took off running. Caught on body camera, the moments Metro police say a man running from police shot 24-year-old officer Tierney Tamboro, and she fired back. Around 1 a.m. Saturday near Flamingo and University Center, Metro says officer Tamboro pulled over a Buick during a traffic stop. The driver was later arrested for a DUI. Police say she ordered everyone out of the car, including front passenger 27-year-old Gabriel Charles. Anyone got weapons or anything you know about, okay? But before a hey. pat down, he took off running. No. No. Ah. Police say Charles fired one round, then his gun malfunctioned. Tamburo was hit in the pelvis. Investigators say she fired four rounds as Charles continued to run. He was struck, transported to Sunrise Hospital, and died from his injuries. Where you Okay, I got you. Officers rushed to Tamburo's side and made a tourniquet to stop the bleeding. Crews rushed Tamburo to UMC. 
After recovering at the hospital, she was released Monday to cheers and applause from comrades. She uh, is at home, but in a lot of pain. If Charles had survived, police say, charges would be attempted murder, battery, resisting a public officer, and prohibited person with a firearm. Police didn't disclose Charles's criminal history and says that information will come from the DA. You can head over to KVVU.com or Vegas, uh, Fox5Vegas.com for the latest on that story. Want to get you out to KHNL for a story that we're following here uh, from our affiliate out in Honolulu, Hawaii. As the FBI has arrested an attorney in a Hawaii corruption probe. It's not the first uh, arrest that has been made in this story, but uh, KHNL has much more details on that. Let's send it out there. In Hawaii, this time an attorney is taken into custody by the FBI. Sherry Tanaka works for Mitsunaga and Associates, an embattled engineering firm with close ties to former prosecutor Keith Kaneshiro. Our chief investigative reporter Lynn Kawano says the arrest is part of a new indictment against the group. In the original indictment, Sherry Tanaka is an unnamed co-conspirator. Now, she's a defendant. The superseding indictment unsealed Tuesday reads like the original one, but names attorney Sherry Jean Tanaka as the sixth person charged with conspiracy and bribery. Tanaka is the attorney for Mitsunaga and Associates, an engineering firm. Our cameras caught Tanaka going into the federal courthouse more than a dozen times over recent years as the grand jury heard testimony against former prosecutor Keith Kaneshiro. She was serving as a lawyer for employees of the firm. If she crossed the line from being a advisor to being a co-conspirator, then everything that she knows about those defendants and everything she told them and every communication they had, that is all now evidence of a crime because she is being charged. Some of those witnesses are now her co-defendants after a grand jury indictment last week. It's very unusual for the DOJ to charge a defense lawyer. And in order to do it, my understanding is there has to be special permission that you get from higher up in the DOJ chain to charge a defense lawyer because it's so unusual. FBI agents in Los Angeles arrested Tanaka early Tuesday morning at her home. Tanaka was born and raised in Honolulu, but now lives and works in California. They get brought into a federal court where they're arrested to have what's called a Rule 20 hearing, which is to tell them of the charges, and then set bond so they can return to the charging district. And that will happen to her in California. Tanaka and the others are accused of conspiring with Kaneshiro to prosecute a fired Mitsunaga and Associates employee who sued the firm in exchange for about $50,000 in re-election campaign contributions. Tanaka had criticized the grand jury process and our previous reports on the matter, reading from a prepared statement in April of 2021. Whoever leaked the false information to Hawaii News Now, and specifically you, Lynn Kuano, prejudiced the minds of the jurors, compromised the grand jury, and did irreparable harm to Mitsunaga and Associates Inc. The trial is currently scheduled for March. I'm Lynn Kuano, Hawaii News Now. And you can head over to hawaiinewsnow.com for the latest on that story, as it appears there will likely uh, be a lot more to that story over time. Heading down now to Springfield, Missouri, where a local business owner uh, there in Springfield is fed up after repeated thefts 
He says that he is hanging up the hat. So let's get out to KY3 for the latest on that. Around Springfield, the bonsai guy grew plants just like this one right here. Now we're shutting down. He says simply on Facebook, I highlighted it up here. Dear Springfield, you win. I'm done. Chris Cox says someone stole thousands of dollars of his prized possessions at the Japanese Fall Festival. Michael Hoffman joins us live outside the business tonight. Michael, when did he realize things had been stolen? Well, Maria, he noticed that the items were missing this morning when he got back from the festival. But he says that this is not the first time that someone has taken property from him, but it is the time that broke the camel's back to the point where we might have to say goodbye the bonsai guy. So once I got here, I started realizing that I was missing a lot of the small stuff. I had all the big trees, but uh, I was missing a couple of really, really great small trees. Um, even though they're small in stature, they are profound. He has a rough estimation of how much he's lost, but this isn't the first time. Well, I haven't actually, because it's still kind of fresh, I haven't really put pen to paper, but I'm thinking, you know, I've been thinking about it. Uh, I think it's right around $6,000. And, uh, and again, this, you know, small potatoes compared to the last one, which was right around 25000 Chris Cox, better known in town as the bonsai guy, discovered his love of bonsai trees after coming home from his military service in Afghanistan. It activates the same parts of your brain as meditation does. Um, so you're not allowed to, you know, worry about the future or reminisce about the past because you are hyper-focused on the, uh, the task at hand because you don't want to make a mistake. Um, so it's, you know, it's something that's always been, it's really helped me. Uh, I can absolutely say it saved my life. So he decided to turn his passion into a business. It's been around Springfield for almost a decade, but all that is coming to an end, at least for now. You know... Obviously, it's a sign or a signal of a transition uh, from what this place was to what it's going to become. Um, and it may get back to what it has been before. But for right now, I'm just going to try to keep it a, a nice place to walk by. But even after all of this, he still has hope for Springfield. I grew up in Nixa. Um, I have certainly seen the changes in Springfield, especially the crime. Um, I really hope that that gets turned around because this is a great city with wonderful people. And, um, and I know that uh, in just a few bad apples can ruin it for, for people. And for right now, it's, it's exactly what's happened for me. Now, Chris told me the worst part about it is that getting insurance on plants like these is actually really not feasible because of how expensive it is. He also told me that on Facebook, he has posted a $500 reward for anyone who can give any information that leads him to reunite with his stuff. Reporting in downtown Springfield, I'm Michael Hoffman. KY. KY3 on that story there. Speaking of uh, big stories out of other uh, areas here, this one, a rather lengthy investigation. But uh, a man that has been convicted of faking mental illness to defraud people of money on the street as well as the government, well, he's out of jail and not much has changed here. So wave three out of Louisville, Kentucky has confronted the man yet again. Let's get the latest on the bogus beggar.
has prompted more complaints to the wave troubleshooters than Gary Thompson, more notably known as the bogus beggar for his fake mental disability act that we expose and then got him sent to prison for almost four years. Good evening and thanks for joining us here on Wave News at 6. I'm Myra Ansari. I'm John Ball. We've been swamped with complaints about him again after he wasn't heard from for a long time. So what's going on? Some answers right now in our latest Troubleshooter exclusive. Yeah, I'm on page, John. Okay, so part part of the complaints are that you're doing this mentally ill thing again. Mentally ill, I'm sure what I'm gonna do to you, John. Gary Thompson doesn't like talking to me anymore. To understand why, we have to go back to 2014. I appreciate you guys busting me. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at it, really good. I clear about $100,000 a year doing this. While Lexington police held a press conference to warn people about a guy faking a mental disability act to rake in big bucks, that guy was demonstrating it right outside. My, my bead boy, I'm just playing. I got to go, y'all. I got to make some money. He was jailed and chased out of places all around Kentucky, earning the nickname the bogus beggar. Whenever I ask you for money, I won't act mental. And then I spotted him in Louisville. He seemed to be okay when no one was looking, so I put on a hidden camera and tried to walk by. Please help, but but my my wheelchair today and all my coins. Somebody take it. You fell out of your wheelchair today? Yeah, mine need to get butt spare, get back home. What is your name? My name is Gary David. Gary Davis? Nice to meet you. When I pulled out a visible camera, everything changed. Uh, you're really Gary Thompson. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm, my name is John Ball with Wave. Been watching you. You're the guy, you're the bogus beggar guy that makes $100,000 a year, right? No. Yeah, yeah, you are. You, you, got, you got a degree in speech pathology? No. And you're able to change your voice? I've seen all the stories on you. That is a lie. Gary, I know what your deal is now. Let's just be real here, okay? I'm not doing no deal. Leave me off camera. No uh, one will be on it. Don't you feel bad doing this, faking it like this when there are real people I'm out not here? I'm faking nothing. After that report, the feds started investigating Gary Thompson, and soon he would plead guilty to falsely representing his mental condition in order to collect $106,000 in disability and Medicaid benefits over four years. The judge tacked on 15 more months to the plea agreement for a total of 42 months. When he got out, guess what he went back to doing? And guess who put on a disguise and hidden camera again? I would like a big red and $2 for bus fare, please. $2 for bus fare? Yeah. Uh, $1.50 there and $1.50 back, so that makes $2, right? $1.50 and $1.50. How much that equals? Uh, $3. The Mental Disability Act changed when I pulled out another camera again. You're still faking your condition, embellishing your condition. No, sir, I'm not. I'm not condition. Well, when I first walked up on you, you had you kind of had your voice change. Yeah, I have I have personality, different personalities at times. The doctor tells me. What do you say to people who say you're you're you didn't learn anything in prison? You're still faking your condition. They're liars. I'm not faking any condition. But isn't that what you were convicted of, of faking your condition with a, no. like getting government money? I pled guilty, yes. What are you going to do next? Try to get a job somewhere and do the right thing and straighten my life up. But Gary Thompson didn't straighten his life up. For all the people who've asked me whatever happened to the bogus beggar, I discovered he wound up jailed here at Metro Corrections for most of this year 
after a stabbing melee at a Third Street apartment. The police report charging him with two counts of assault notes in an argument over some cigarettes that reminded him of an eight ball of cocaine and $65 he lost earlier. Thompson struck the victim with his fist, stood up from his wheelchair and attempted to stab victim one. Victim number two was also stabbed in the torso. Then Thompson stabbed himself, saying he wanted to die. After a psychiatric evaluation, Thompson was found competent for trial. Then in July, he pleaded guilty, got probation, got back out on the streets of Louisville, and I immediately started getting complaints ranging from the same old act to an attempted jewelry theft at a local mall. So I put on another disguise and a hidden camera, and he tries to get my attention as I walk by him on 4th Street. I can't hear you what? The law is ours. The Lord is ours? The law. The law is ours? What do you mean? He's mumbling incoherently like a person with mental illness. What do you mean the law is ours? The law is ours. The Lord. Huh? The Lord. The Lord is ours? Everything changes when he figures out who I am. Are you John Bolt? Yes. You got, you got a hidden camera? Hey, Gary. When I come back with a cameraman, a Thompson is perturbed. Do you know why people would be calling me to complain about you? I think I have an idea. You have an idea? And you. What's that? Homeless, I'm hungry. You're homeless, I'm hungry? And I ask for food, yeah. And I ask for money for food, yes. Do that in my face, John. Okay, so part, part of the complaints are that you're doing this mentally ill thing again. Mentally ill, I'm sure what I'm going to do to you, John. What's that? I'm sure what I'm going to do to you, John. The microphone disabled. The interview over. But the cash keeps coming. In a letter he wrote to waive maintaining his innocence, Thompson writes, please do not refer to me as the bogus beggar in this broadcast. P.S. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, it is better a hundred guilty persons escape than one innocent person should suffer. Now, a lot of people don't realize panhandling is legal after a Kentucky Supreme Court decision in 2017 that ruled begging is protected free speech. Louisville has an ordinance prohibiting panhandling in a roadway or on a median, though. Well, if you have a tip for the way of troubleshooters, send them in. And in an incredible story there out of wave three out of louisville kentucky of course uh we'll follow along to see uh the saga that may continue here as uh, john continues to look into that uh situation there but that's a look at the local stories uh going on from across the country here from gray television uh from studio b and uh, we'll of course bring alicia back in alicia that's just uh man that's a story that started back in 2014 and continues today my goodness every twist and turn too i just kept thinking okay no he's not gonna fall for it again he's not gonna end every time right back there right back there so yeah uh yeah john's crazy all over that story one. crazy story all right clay one more thing before we head out from our local stories i want to show you something here let me find it real quick um i need you to think back many many years to your childhood okay okay think about the toys you played with any of them in this image oh the light the light bright stands out immediately yes i had a light bright for sure um i loved phase 10 i did the spirograph up pound puppies oh yeah a nerf uh, ball well, probably. Looked, i mean I, everybody had to have a nerf ball of some at some capacity right either a nerf football or a nerf baseball or something so anything that you could throw in the house is always a win 
Well, these toys, uh, voting has now opened into which toys should go into the National Toy Hall of Fame this year. So these are the finalists for this year. You have Bingo, Briar Horses, which I didn't play with those, so I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Catan, the Settlers of Catan. I know a lot of people love that game. Of course, the Bright Light, Nerf Toys, Masters of the Universe, a Pinata, Phase 10, Pound Puppies, Rack-O, Spirograph, and The Top. Yeah, all, all great. Uh, uh, the, the Spirographs are always really cool. I, I literally remember me and my sister just drawing all over all over the place with those things. Yeah, they were Maybe in super fun. Should, yeah. <laughs> well, you can vote online through September 21st, and inductees will be announced November 10th. So it'll be interesting to see which toys are actually named as some of the best and put into the Hall of Fame. I love that they do that. It makes me feel like all the toys we played with as children were actually worth it. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, some of those on the screen there are just absolute, I, mean, I guess, classics. Yikes. Yes. Am, am I old? Oh, uh, my gosh. No, well, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowadays, toys would just be, what, like an iPhone or something? <laughs> I don't even know what they would put. Right. Yeah, r right. Of course, yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, we've got 15-year-olds out there that are like, what is an iPod? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll keep an eye out for those to see which ones actually make it. That's a look at your national headlines as well as your local headlines. Everything trending all across the U.S. today.